Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hi, thanks for joining me for episode 273 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe, and I am the kooky creatrix behind Kick-Ass Switch, Putting the K in Magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit. Never get tired of saying that. <laughs> and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode back on Blog Talk Radio. Having said all that for the jillionth time, welcome to the very first and possibly the last, depending on how it goes, issue of the Saturday's Evening Post. You know what the Saturday Evening Post is? I decided I wanted to start doing the Saturn's Day Evening Post for the fun of it. Just for the fun of it. (laughs) I got really into the idea of Saturnalia this year. Saturnalia launches, it kicks off tomorrow. It is, well, this will be going up at 6 p.m. on Saturday the 16th. So Saturnalia is December 17th to December 23rd with the winter solstice right in the middle. So I'm very excited about all things Saturn right now. And Saturday is known as Saturn's Day. And I love working with Saturn and I wanted to get some sort of rhythm going with that. And so I thought, oh, how cool if I start just for myself personally dedicating Saturdays to Saturn's day. So I've been working on a little bit of planning around that. I have some ideas. I still have a couple of weeks because I think I'm going to actually start this on the new year, but I'm playing around with it right now and really thinking about it. And so far, the way I have it figured in my mind is that the first half of Saturn's day will be devoted to planning, planning, organizing, decluttering, you know, very structured kind of things, things that make the rest of my week ahead run more smoothly, things that wrap up the week that I just had. So it's just about structure, organization, and clarity, and to keep the decluttering going because clearly I need it. (laughs) The second half of the day is just the whoopee of Saturnalia. So I get to have a little mini Saturnalia every week, and that is just to let my hair down and to really just cut loose and be silly, crazy, do something super, super, extra, 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 extra fun, whatever that may be. I had this idea that it would be fun as well, and I'm not committing to anything right now. It depends on how you respond to this, and it depends on how much I like it, (laughs) to just show up here for a chat on Saturdays and have kind of just a chat, just a talk off the top of my head about the week that we just had. So like kind of like a, a weekend review kind of situation. And no notes, no teachable moment, unless that just accidentally happens. It's kind of like a, um, well, if a video blog is a vlog, 
Would a podcast blog be a pog? I think I'm making a pog. This could be the world's first pog, people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just here to chit-chat with you about a few things. If you don't follow me on social media, A, why, why, why? <laughs> I have so much fun on Twitter. Um, but But if you don't follow me on social media, you missed me. I posted a little video, a little two-minute video, and the first part of that was talking about the shape of water. I drove into Hollywood this week to see the shape of water, the first morning show, and I was so on fire about that movie, I had to hop on and talk about it. I was disheveled. I had been crying because I crawled my face off at the end of the movie, and... uh <laughs> So I looked pretty disheveled in that video, but I did not care in the moment because I was so excited and just wanted everybody to go see The Shape of Water. It hasn't opened everywhere yet. That's why I had to drive into Hollywood to see it at the Arclight, which was, it's amazing. The Arclight is super fancy, high-end theater experience. It's a very special place, and it, and and the price reflects that. <laughs> it's really expensive to go to the movies there. But sometimes I get so, I've been looking forward to this movie for months. So like the day it comes out, I'm like, I have to be there. I have to be there. Which is why I went to the 11 o'clock in the morning showing on a weekday. <laughs> and it's so, oh, it's an interesting mix. It's like a hybrid because it's very romantic and sweet but it, it's very, very suspenseful. There's the evil bad guy, and it's got that, you know, element. I didn't know that that the creature in uh, The Shape of Water is also in Hellboy. I did not know that, but that makes sense because um, Guillermo del Toro is the director, so duh, okay. But this movie completely stands alone. So it's got a little superhero flavor, I guess, for people that like comics. And then it's just the perfect date movie because I think men and women would equally just love it. I I think there's a lot of messaging around respecting, honoring, and having compassion for the other. Uh, bigotry. There's a lot of messaging around that and dehumanizing others. And uh, the compassion, compassion is the antidote for that. Empathy, love, love. And so there's that kind of messaging within it. But what I mainly just adored besides the tension that is created, like hoping the bad guy doesn't kill the good guys and all of that excitement, is um I and the love story that makes it so intense because you care so deeply about the characters you don't want anything bad to happen to them and uh Michael Shannon was born to be evil I mean he's the worst bad guy like you just he comes on the screen and you're immediately stressed out <laughs> you're stressed out for the lead characters but beside that Besides that central love story, I really loved the platonic love stories. There's a love story between the lead woman, Sally, played by Sally Hawkins, and Richard Jenkins, her gay neighbor. And the movie takes place in the 60s, a time where it was harder to be a gay man than it is today. And so they have this very special relationship that just, ugh, 
you it just breaks your heart wide open pretty much right off the bat. And then Octavia Spencer is uh, also plays a platonic kind of friend that is a special friend. There's like a love thing going on there. And she's got all the good like witty dialogue and stuff like that. So it's so (laughs) magical. And it looks like it looks like a, a Guillermo del Toro movie for sure. But it reminded me so much of Amelie, the movie Amelie. And I know people really love that because of the visual aspect of it. I already talked about this on Patreon. For those of you who <laughs> hang with me on Patreon, you're like, why are we talking about this again? Well, because the whole wide world needs to go see The Shape of Water. And I have a strong conviction about that. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. And then another movie that I saw uh, last weekend with the kid is Coco. And did you know that, as far as I know, what I read is that Coco was was created entirely with a Latino cast and crew. And I believe that is unprecedented for a Hollywood movie. So it, you know, and it's about the Day of the Dead. It's about Dia de los Muertos. So appropriately, the entire cast and crew is Latino. So I thought that made that really special. And that movie is, whoa, get into your heart. The theater was packed, like packed people, like sitting on top of each other, practically packed. And there are a lot of men in the audience with dads, you know, dads with their kids, I think is why they were there. (laughs) But (laughs) I think women have permission to express their emotions and men don't so much. So what was interesting (laughs) is at the end of that movie, it was a tearjerker ending. And I saw Tanner getting all choked up. I'm crying, but I'm a crier. I cry at commercials. I cry when I'm trying to record a podcast for you. I cry all the time. I just let it flow because I, because I can, because our culture says it's okay for women to cry. <laughs> I think the men try to like hold it in more. So when the movie was over, you hear people, you know, doing that. But then I heard several men just do the, oh, the sobbing, sobbing. And I think it's because they had like tried to hold it in and you just can't hold it in. It's like, oh, <laughs> so that's another movie that I Highly recommend you go see. It's an animated kids movie, but it's for everyone. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous to look at. And it's about one of my favorite things. You know, creating the kick-ass life of your dreams. Following the dream of your heart. A very special dream against all the naysayers. And um, so it's it's got that going on for it too. And it's just very colorful, full of life, and deeply emotional. <laughs> The message there is about family, family. Uh, So, yeah, I guess I'm just sitting here talking about pop culture, but I had another moment. I have learned this year that my shadow is my light. Part of my shadow, I always tell people, you know, there's so much gold in your shadow. Like, your gifts are there, too. Um, But for me, I've noticed... I'm sure I've talked about this before, but it's really hit home for me. I did a lot of work around this during the winter transition this year that my light embarrasses me. I feel ashamed of my light and how goofy and happy I am. 
and some of the sillier things I do. I just recorded a Patreon podcast talking about the shape of water, but then I was talking about Oprah for the millionth time and how I just love Oprah. And uh, I had a big vulnerability hangover after which was made even worse because like nobody liked that post. Um, <laughs> people don't do that a lot on Patreon anyway, but I was like, nobody, oh my God, because I felt so just vulnerable and exposed because I was just being a geek and my, and I love Oprah. But um, that kind of like squeaky, clean, positive, happy thing, I guess I try to play down. Like, I, my cool girl. I try to be a cool girl because for some reason, <laughs> I think that will make people like me better. Um, if you knew, like, I'll, uh, some of the people I love to watch on, on YouTube or some of the podcasters that I like are just so squeaky clean, happy-go-lucky, not angsty at all, goofy cheesy maybe even and I love it I really love it and I don't know just in realizing that that kind of embarrasses me I, I want people to think I'm cool you know I was in a punk rock band did you know that about me <laughs> uh I think yeah I think some of the valley girl slang I have and I just think I've created sort of an image. I don't think I can hide it because people talk about that back to me, you know, that I'm so bubbly and stuff like that. But it, I realized like, wow, that's actually a shadow thing for me that I'm like worried that I talk too much about Oprah and now people won't like me anymore. <laughs> and then I started having more moments around that. Uh, I wanted... My year, my word for the year ahead is joy. I am still very much working with the queen. I cannot let the queen go. Hello, the, the next strand of queen is starting midnight, January 1st, 2018. Do not miss it if you want to have your own year of the queen. <laughs> I've been promoting it and talking about it everywhere because I know for the right woman at the right time, it's a game changer. It's an absolute game changer. I know this for sure. I will definitely put a link up here somewhere, wherever. There will be links. But um, since I had my first year of the queen, you know, I, I had to pick a new word in 2017. So I picked excellent, like her excellency. Like what kind of queen do I want to be? So this year I was thinking... What kind of queendom do I want to have? Like basically my life, the terrain of my life. And I thought, I've just had the word legacy in my head for a long time. So since I think early this summer, maybe even earlier than that, I just knew my word for 2018 would be legacy. So much so that I went and ordered a bunch of stickers for my date planner that had the word legacy on them and quotes about legacy. <laughs> And then, you know, I often say your word chooses you. I had a moment where I guess my soul just stepped forward and said, no, the word will be joy. It's going to be joy. It's not sexy. It's not cool. It's cheesy and happy and silly and fun. And that's the way it's going to be. Pure and simple joy. I want to have a joyful queendom. I want everything I do 
to be joyful for myself at the very least. I at least want to enjoy what I'm doing, but I hope to bring joy to other people. I hope to brighten your day. I hope to make you laugh. I hope to bring the joy. So, but at at the very least, it's about making my personal life joyful. And that in, extends to tasks that I do not find joyful. Where can I find the joy in doing this? And I, FYI, I found usually it's ingratitude. <laughs> I have to do this pile of dishes. Guess what? I have food. I have dishes to wash. I have running water. I have a home to wash them in. And I have the privilege of being able to flip on some awesome rock and roll music and sing at the top of my lungs while I wash my dishes. Therefore, it can be joyful. <laughs> so joy, right? Uh so since having this realization, it was really fun unpacking all the Christmas decorations, by the way, because I have, you know, those, uh, it's hard to say this in audio without using my hands to show you. They're like um, letters that have hooks on them for hanging your stockings. So I have J-O-Y. And I've had this thing for years, these big silver letters, a big silver J, a big silver O, and a big silver Y. And I remember packing it up last year and contemplating, should I leave this up year round? I don't want to get rid of it. I love the word joy. So it seems really fitting that I'm, I'm doing that this year. But since I had that thought, I busted out my happy tarot. I had been making a video and I wanted to show the devil card and and the happy tarot was like on a shelf right next to where I was making the video. So I pulled it out and showed the devil card. And then after, and in that video, I was like, I never used this deck. It just sits here. But after I was like, why don't I use it? I'm going to start using it. And I started realizing like, oh my God, this is a joy deck because the happy tarot it's very, 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 very specific and just for a certain kind of person because it looks like Sanrio. If Sanrio made a tarot deck, this would be it. That's just exactly what it looks like. It's all pastel with these little characters. It's exactly the Rider-Waite-Smith system, exactly, except for it's like done in this Sanrio Candyland style. <laughs> so I've been enjoying that and I went looking for a, a dedicated tarot deck. I'm like, it might be the happy tarot, but I'm not sure if I can hang with, this is so childish. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. Uh, so I just kind of went digging around. I have a very specific way of working with tarot and a system for working with magic. I've explained it here many times. It's kind of my formula for the law of attraction and I really like the Rider-Waite-Smith system. And I did many, many searches, just looking around, looking around, seeing if there was a deck that felt joyful to me, but that also honored that. And I'm super picky. So I would find decks where I liked some of the cards, but not others. And I was like, eh. Then I found this deck. And again, here comes my shadow, because I'm like, I don't want to tell them this, because I feel like a dork. I feel like a dork and like people won't like me if I talk about it so I'm gonna talk about it because I have an awareness of that now and <laughs> damn it you gotta be who you are <laughs> so I found this deck gosh now the name is gonna fly out of my head I think it's the guardian angel tarot you may have heard me talk about I don't know if I believe in angels 
So very strange that this would appeal to me. But I loved, it was beautiful. I loved it right away, right away, because it has, it's pastel, but it has this, and I'm not a big pastel person either, which is funny that the Happy Tarot is pastel and this is pastel, but it has this Victorian art style on it that I love. Um, kind of picture like a Victorian Valentine's Day card. It kind of looks like that. And then there's writing on the front of each card, especially the Major Arcana. And it's, the cards aren't, it follows the Rider-Waite-Smith system, but the cards are called different things. And it's a very Pollyanna <laughs> kind of deck. But it's it, it says, gosh, I wish I had it pulled up right now so I could give you a better example. But it says like, the message of the card on the front of it, basically. And it's a very kind of like Hay House, New Agey, positive thinking take on the Tarot, but it was just resonating with me. And I was like, can this be? I don't know. And I kept, you know, you can really dig and dig and dig and dig to get up a lot of images of a tarot deck if you're interested. If you go to Google Images and you know how to work it, you can look at practically the whole deck in most cases. I was like, I love it. Then I saw who made the deck <laughs> and I was like, no way, no way. And this is where you're going to throw tomatoes at me. <laughs> it's Doreen Virtue. And she is such a controversial figure this year because she denounced Tarot and all things witchy. I don't think she ever called herself a witch, but she was a prominent figure in the New Age movement who taught basically the new thought movement was her thing and very much angel oracles. And she's made a fortune creating oracle decks. And apparently she created this deck as a, the world's gentlest tarot deck for sensitive souls, which is something that does not resonate with me at all. I do not call myself an empath. I do believe I'm very empathic, but I don't wear that label. I don't, uh, label myself as being extra sensitive because I think we all are and I don't see myself as someone who needs the world's gentlest tarot deck and I don't think I ever would have looked at it if I saw that marketing attached to it or the name Doreen Virtue because long before she uh is it renounced or denounced <laughs> long before she gave up tarot I guess she denounced it. She she didn't just give it up. She's like saying it's evil and bad now because she's become a born-again Christian. Long before she did that, I was just not a fan. I know a lot of you are, but I never, never was. And uh, I got her biography many years ago just out of curiosity. I don't know why it jumped out at me, but I only made it through about 75% of it. I was like, this woman is just not for me. And, you know, if like a video would cross my path because you all like her and so it'll show up on my feed, I'm like, nope, no way. <laughs> no way. This is not me. I'm just, that is not my vibe at all. Uh, and especially now that she uh, did something that really upset me. She, on Facebook, um, during the controversy when she was denouncing Tarot and, you know, this whole community of people that had loved her and supported her work and bought all her tarot decks, they were kind of like, well, now what do we do? Do we throw all her decks away? Like, 
What about all these certifications we got, like our angel certification, working with angels and our, you know, all these certifications you can get. Are they worthless now? Is Are they tainted somehow? Uh, there was a blog post that was talking, sorry, I keep, I have a hard time not bumping this pop filter, which really defeats the purpose. But um, in, in somebody shared like screenshots of Facebook book conversations she was having around this issue. And she suggested that two of my favorite people who I've learned the most from and who have recently died, Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay, that, that they might not have made it into heaven. And when I saw that, I was furious. I was like, how fucking dare she? <laughs> that, like, I didn't care about any of it. The controversy mattered not to me. I was interested in it because the whole community was talking about it. And it was just interesting to see people's opinions. But I didn't have a feeling about it until I saw that. And I was like, oh, hell no. <laughs> Hell no. Did she just imply that Louise Hay or Wayne Dyer might be in hell? Like, are you kidding me? Louise Hay, who gave this woman her career? Unbelievable. <laughs> See, I'm getting mad just talking about it. <laughs> Despite all of that, I chose to purchase the deck. Can you believe that? I was, I don't know. I just wanted it. I just thought that's, because before I saw who made the deck and before I saw that cheesy marketing that didn't really resonate with me, I clicked with the deck. I was like, this is it. This is my joy deck. This is the deck I'm going to use in the year of joy. For sure. I'm going to be the queen of joy. I want a joyful queendom. And this is this is what I'm going to do. I already know that focusing in that direction is off-putting to people that are super witchy. I'm not a person that de denies the shadow or denies the dark side. But I believe that doing shadow work is doing... That's being a real light worker. <laughs> we shine a light on a shadow the shadows so we're not dicks and assholes anymore <laughs> why do we say dick and why do we say asshole like hmm <laughs> like we pick out body parts <laughs> oh yeah uh my grandpa's name was was uh dick harry just to let you know <laughs> when did dick become a bad word because my grandpa was dick his whole life and uh yeah, he passed away in the late 80s, but um, Dick did not used to mean what it means. When did Dick happen? When did that happen? Everybody let me know. <laughs> so here I am talking about my lightness, goody two-shoes, Pollyanna Joanna, and then I have to go talking about Dick. <laughs> There's a quote that I posted, too, on Twitter from Plato. The one and only, infamous Mr. Plato, uh, that says we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. That really hit home for me, and I ended up tweeting that out this week because I was having these thoughts, thinking about, like, my light is in my shadow, it's in my shadow. I don't mind being bubbly and happy and funny and all of that. But there are like cheesy parts of my personality that are very light and very loving and very happy and they embarrass me. I got teased for that when I was a kid. 
Uh, and I'm certain that I've spoken about it. I'm definitely positive. I've spoken about it here a number of times, but, uh, the main incident that really let me know I better start acting like a cool kid or else is, um, when I went to camp, I went to winter camp or no summer camp, excuse me. And I was the youngest one there in my, in my cabin. And I was very loving and I love Jesus. It was a Jesus camp. Hello. I did I thought I could freely talk about how much I love Jesus. And I was very just silly and goofy. And, and the girls dubbed me little weirdo and not in a nice way. And I was getting a lot of messages at school too, that like this sort of goody two shoes, Pollyanna, Jesus loving Joanna was not going to cut it in, in, the mean streets of Castle Elementary. I better suck it up, learn some pop culture, and start acting cool. <laughs> and I remember in fifth or sixth grade having a total breakdown because I was trying very hard to be cool. And I can't remember what instigated it, but I remember sitting in my mom's room being very upset. She was like, what is the matter with you? Why are you upset? And then I just like incoherently started bawling about how I'm a nerd. <laughs> And she tried to console me, but I'm sure it was funny that, like, I'm sitting there crying about being a nerd. Um, but I was a nerd. I was not one of the cool kids, and I was definitely a nerd. I had a nerd party. for We had themed birthday parties because my mom loves parties, and so we'd always have a themed birthday party. And one year I had a nerd party where everybody was supposed to come dressed as a nerd, and we were all excited. We dressed as like the cliche of what a nerd dresses like, you know, with the glasses, with the tape in the middle and all of that. And there's this one kid who came who was a triathlete and a rock star who had like a bod back in elementary school because he was a triathlete. He had muscles and he was very good looking and he was very popular. And our parents were friends. So he came to my party because we were friends outside of school. And he remarked it like, how funny it was that like all these nerds were having a nerd party and that nobody needed to dress up because we were the nerds and it was true <laughs> it was true so now I'm always talking about being a book nerd or a tarot nerd because I want to get back to that person because she had the joy. She had the joy. That was before society taught me that I was a cheesy, embarrassing dork for being a nerd. So now, now I'm back. I'm back, people. <laughs> and I'm loving it. Um, I have to say, too, another thing that I'm loving is my date planners came. I spent a fortune on my date planners. I spent more than I needed to, apparently. I did not optimize the sales options. I spent $130 and something on four date planners because they're quarterly for 2018. And they came and they're beautiful. And I'm thinking about making a video on the full focus planner which I got because I wanted something that goes very, very specifically and perfectly with the 12-week year. And this is the only planner that I found does that. And it's amazing quality, like beautiful, library, hand-stitched gorgeousness. <laughs> it's very uh, kind of the opposite of every single thing I've been talking about. So I guess this is my Saturn. So my super girly 
side is, I guess, my Libra sun. And then I have Capricorn rising who, who likes the 12-week year and the full focus planner. And it's just super, it looks like something like a male executive would have on their desk. It's about as unfoofy as you can get, although I will definitely foofify it with stickers and colored ink and stuff as much as I can. But let me know if you would like me to show you what that looks like in a video sometime. I have uh, a Patreon podcast that I'm doing where I'm sharing like all of my best uh, planner nerd tips because I have a lot of them. I guess talking about being a planner nerd all in November wasn't enough for me. Now I have to do like a mega podcast <laughs> sharing all my best tips. Um, but if you want to actually see my planner, I would have to do that in a video. So let me know if you would like to see that. Um, oh, I know what even started me on the whole light thing. Oh my gosh. Holy cow, did I get off track. I wanted to talk about a show that's cheesy, that I love. It's so not for everybody, I guess. It's like, um, I want to say like if you watch Hallmark Channel movies, you'll love it, but it's better than that, okay? <laughs> don't don't let that turn you off, but it's just like so wholesome and sweet and, and a happy-go-lucky kind of show. But it's Kevin Probably Saves the World, and it stars... Jason Ritter, who I love. I came for Jason Ritter. That's why I was there. I like to support people who's who I love, like actors and writers and directors and musicians. Like I like to buy their things, show up for their their things because I want them to do well. So when I saw Jason Ritter had had a sitcom, I'm like, I am there. But I ended up falling in love with all of the characters and the storyline. It's very spiritual. I never watched Touched by an Angel, but I heard people compare it to that, like a moder more modern, young version of that, I guess. I don't know. I never watched Touched by an Angel because, hello, is that's kind of like Doreen Virtue-y, don't you think? <laughs> Speaking of Doreen Virtue. But Jason Ritter is John Ritter's son. Come on, knock on my door. We've been waiting for you, where the kisses are hers and hers and his, Three's Company too. I was not allowed to watch Three's Company when I was a kid because of the sex stuff. So guess what I did? I snuck it. You have to. You have to. If something is that taboo and you're a kid, you'll find a way. <laughs> like one of the worst things you can do as a kid or as a parent to a kid is tell them you may never watch this show it's inappropriate. I went out of my way and I just loved Three's Company. And so I loved John Ritter. And I'm going to tell you because this is just a chit chat. I'll tell you my favorite John Ritter story was before he passed away, Three's Company was running in syndication on who knows what channel, Nickelodeon, I think it was late. At, I think it was Nickelodeon. Good memory, Joe. I think it was Nickelodeon late at night. And one of the viewers noticed that, because um, <laughs> it was shot in like the 70s, I guess, men used to wear like those short shorts. Everybody wore short shorts and men did too. And a viewer noticed that his testicle, <laughs> he like sat down and like crossed his legs or something and his testicle like fell out the bottom of his shorts and nobody ever caught it. The editors didn't catch it. After like over a decade of this thing running on syndication, somebody finally caught it <laughs> and it made the news and it got 
John Ritter's attention. And so he made a comment publicly and he said, sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. He said something about how Nickelodeon will now be airing an edited version of that episode because sometimes you feel like a nut and sometimes you don't. (laughs) Yeah, but he was a really, John Ritter had a lot of, um, gosh, he was really talented and really goofy and really silly. Uh, but he could, he could have serious moments too, but what he was great at was physical comedy and his son, Jason Ritter, who looks a little, little tiny bit like him, um, definitely inherited that physical comedy, which is why I like him, but he's also so good. I can't remember the name of it, but I saw him in a romantic, I want to say romantic comedy, but it wasn't really a comedy. It was mostly just a romance, but he can play it straight really well as well. Um, but this last episode of Kevin Probably Saves the World, the theme was the universe has your back. And it was such a good message. Each it's it's there's a spiritual thread that runs through every episode. And this episode was, you know, just taking a leap forward and and trusting that the universe has your back and like things you know they would get into a sticky situation and then they found would find out like oh my gosh we're supposed to be here for this reason or that reason or somebody would step in to help them and they even said at some point in the episode the universe has your back which I know is a Gabby Bernstein um, book and and oracle deck and all of that but that was really the theme of this episode and then after i saw it i had a couple of the universe has your back kind of days and it was just so awesome it's amazing how you know certain spiritual principles but then you they they just kind of fall out with you but then when you really need them you know if you're having a stressful moment it's like whoosh all of a sudden it comes back to you and the universe i really think proves itself to you that's what's exciting about magic that's what's exciting about tarot that's what's exciting about the law of attraction to me is like it will show itself to you it will be a two-way conversation which builds trust and builds faith but you don't have to go entirely on trust and faith like through synchronicities you will start feeling that support you will start feeling something echoing back at you and I love that I love that so much so I don't know what in the heck to call this episode. Maybe I'll call it something about my shadow, my light being in my shadow. <laughs> I don't know. But it's the very first episode of the Saturn's Day Evening Post. Did you like it? Should I do more of these? Would you like it to be a regular Saturn's Day thing? Think about it. Let me know. When I say let me know, I really mean let me know. If you don't shoot me an email or hit me up on Twitter, which is Twitter's the best way to get my attention, um, or Facebook or Instagram or somewhere where I hang out. I won't know that you like this and then I probably won't do it again. So let me know if you like hanging out like this and just chit-chatting. The pog, the world's first pog, maybe. I don't know. Other people might already be doing this. All right, everybody, have a beautiful solstice. If you want to do the winter solstice module of the Psycho Spiritual Wheel of the Year, it is 50% off, 50% off. You just need to use the code SATURN when you check out. It's all lowercase, SATURN. There will be links around here to that as well. And until we meet again, much love to you. Peace.